0: God, the three persons in the Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we can't see God. Why many people don't even believe there is a God, because they can't see God. So God's life, his inner life, the life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is very mysterious to us. But we can know God especially by the external works that he has done. So the first reading and the Responsorial Psalm, were talking about the wonders of creation. We responded, O Lord our God, how wonderful! When I see the heavens, the work of your hands, <clears throat> the moon and the stars which you arranged, and what is man that should keep him in mind? and then all about sheep and cattle, savage beasts, birds of the air, fish that make their way through the waters. There are so many wonderful things that God has created. So we can get a glimpse because God has impressed himself in some way in all these creatures. And of course the greatest of the creation of God is the human being because we are made in the image and the likeness of God. So we have those wonderful things of God. We have an intellect to understand, which the the wild beasts and the whales and the fish and the animals and the birds, they don't have. We have an intellect. We have a memory. We have an imagination. And above all, we have free will. Like God, we're not forced not like the animals, like the dogs, who follow instinct. However clever they are, they're just following instinct. They don't have free will. They can't decide to do something or not to do, so, not to do something. God gave us that privilege of free will because he is perfectly free. So in um, thinking of the Trinity, of course all of the Trinity were, crea- were involved in creation. The Spirit hovered over the waters, the scripture says. In the first reading today, it talks about the wisdom, which is Jesus is the wisdom of God. I was by his side, a master craftsman, delighting him day after day. Ever at play in his presence, at play everywhere in his world, delighting to be with the sons of men. So it was a work of all three persons, but we particularly attribute the creation to the work of God the Father. And then the next period of history, so there is the first period of history in which we particularly associate with God the Father, when he chose the people of Israel, when he guided them through many centuries. And then we have the era of God the Son, the time of redemption. And of course we know more about him, much more about him than the Father and the Holy Spirit because he became a man because we can read about his whole life through the scriptures from his infancy, his hidden life, his public life, his passion, his death, his resurrection, the tremendous love that he had as we had um, in that second reading about Jesus but finishing with the love of God poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And so the third era, the era Of the church's life, the era that we live, is particularly the era of the Holy Spirit. And it began with what we celebrated last Sunday, Pentecost, that great outpouring of the Spirit, the birth of the church. And the Spirit then is always with the church. We were familiar with the early church, the works of the Holy Spirit through the apostles, in the Acts of the Apostles Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas and so on, the wonderful works that we read about in the Acts, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has been with the church right through the centuries. The church has always been the subject of persecution from within and without because the church is made up of human beings who have free will and so there are those who are good and there are those who are sinners. Sometimes even at the highest levels. Some of the popes have not been holy men in earlier centuries. So the the life of the church though, the spirit is always there. The spirit was there in the martyrs. You know, the, the courage that they had, that they were persecuted, they were thrown to the lines, they were put into prison, they were flogged. But the Holy Spirit gave them the strength. And right through to the present day, and there are so many martyrs in the church today. There are so many countries where the church is persecuted. Even now, today in India, there are areas in India where Christians are persecuted. There are Muslim countries, not all Muslim countries, but many Muslim countries, great persecution. Pakistan, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, and so on. And uh, other places, North Korea, goodness, you can't breathe. Christians can't breathe there without being imprisoned or thrown into prison. And China, persecution increasing. Have they been able to wipe out the church? What? So many years of communist rule in Russia, sending them out to Siberia, murdering thousands, millions. But they never are able to extinguish the church, because the Holy Spirit is there the whole time. And the Holy Spirit is always raising up new saints. In every era there are saints. You know, In the early ch- church, great saints. Then there were people like St. Benedict in his era, St. Francis and St. Dominic. Then later on other great founders of missionary orders, St. Ignatius, St. Paul of the Cross, St. Alphonsus Liguori, and so on, founding great orders that went around the world and spread the faith. And there are great movements in the history of the church. In more modern times, we have the movement of Legion of Mary, Vincent de Paul Society. Then we have, coming into some post-Vatican II, we have the Charismatic Renewal, which is, I guess, the biggest movement around the world, a movement of the Holy Spirit. But others, like the neocatechumenal movement, the Focalari movement, all the time the Holy Spirit is inspiring saints, inspiring new movements to meet the needs of the church in every age. And then, of course, we have the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in each of us. And, of course, I could go on for a long time talking about that. And I'm sure you, you've you been reflecting on these things as we came up to Pentecost and celebrated the Feast of Pentecost, the work that the Holy Spirit does in our own lives, the Holy Spirit that we've had since baptism, confirmation, the Spirit of God that is helping us to pray when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit that gives us courage, the Holy Spirit that gives us light to know what to do, to know what to say. How many how how we need the Holy Spirit today? you who are grandparents and parents, you need the Holy Spirit all the time. You have to have always on your lips, not just at Pentecost, come Holy Spirit. When is the time to speak? When is the time to be silent? Put words into my mouth. So um, (coughs) as we celebrate this great feast, we remember too that (coughs) the Trinity, yes, we think of the Trinity as in heaven, but you know that In baptism, we became temples, so that if we're in the state of grace, the Holy Trinity is dwelling within us. The indwelling of the Trinity, which has inspired so many saints. Something that we can depth in our prayer, that God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit dwell in each of us as in a temple in which St. Paul uses then as the <coughs> inspiration not to abuse our bodies, which are the temple of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> well, as the, in the preparation for Pentecost, <coughs> of course, the Mother of God was very prominent. <coughs> she was with them in continuous prayer. And so we pray to her today. We pray that she will help us to understand more the wonder of our God. To rejoice more and more and give praise for the wonders of the creation. To never forget the immense love of the Son of God in his redemption, in giving his life for us. To ponder often all he suffered for us. And then to be aware of the Spirit of God working in our lives and working to make us holy. May she who is the spouse of the Holy Spirit help us to say often, and in many different situations, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit.